The question is this. Why did... I think I covered this. Now, when, when is fasting beneficial for a Christian? And in what circumstances should we fast? Okay, I repeat again. Why is fasting beneficial for a Christian? And in what circumstances should we fast? Okay, uh, Veronica and Jennifer, do you know what is fasting? What is fasting? Act very fast. Don't dilly-dally. Is that it? What is fasting? Jennifer? When you don't? When you don't eat. Alright, when you don't eat. That's fasting. Okay? Fasting is when we don't eat. Now, fasting is not dieting. Alright? There's a difference. Alright? What's dieting? Why do you diet? So that you don't put on weight. Alright? Fasting is not about so that I don't put on weight. Alright? Fasting. So the question is, what is fasting? When is it beneficial? Actually, what is your concept of fasting? Shenri, what do you always understand about fasting? Okay, so Shenri's answer is, fasting is to not eat so that you can pray to God. Alright, so that's one reason for fasting. Anyone? What about the adults? John? Okay. Mm, Alright. So another um, view is fasting is like you are so engrossed in a spiritual work or spiritual focus. A spiritual focus that eating seems to be not in your focus at all. It's almost like you have no appetite to eat uh, because something is consuming you to the point where you don't even think about food. Mm? So one is I, I fast so that, so that, I think the key is so that I can pray. Okay, anything else? What, what's always your concept of fasting? What about new believer? Abstaining from food and drink as to at the conclusion of fasting, we can give thanks to the Lord for food and drink. Oh, okay, so it's so that I don't eat and drink, so that at the end of it, I realize how important food is. Okay, um, all right, I don't see that in the Bible. But um, that is the Muslim concept, I think. Yeah, that's the, if I'm, I might be wrong. But what I understand from my Muslim friends is they fast because they want to remember what it feels to be hungry. And then they remember the poor. If they're always full, they don't remember the poor. All right? Um, then at the end, when they get to eat, they're very appreciative that there's food. Right? So that is more the um, other religions. Um, understanding of reason why they practice it. Okay, so we have various reasons. Uh, Joshua? Like the time of Esther, when the whole city of the Jews was about to be destroyed, all the parts of the Greek nation, often enough, in times of great distress and calamity. In times of great distress and calamity, um, they, they call for a fast. Great distress. Okay. Okay. Alright. So we so great distress, so we call for a fast. Okay. So remember to remind me to talk about Esther afterwards. In the Esther's case. Esther's case is quite unique when the word fasting happens. Okay, we'll see why later on. Okay, so so now we go through scriptures to see some reasons. Okay, but before we even see reasons, the question is this. Okay, what do you think? Huh? In the Old Testament, they fasted, right? Very often. Now, um, our scribe, Jesslyn, do you think in the New Testament we should fast? No? Yes, we should fast still. 
Okay, something in the New Testament, or oh, that's an Old Testament practice. Because they say, Jesus said that when the bridegroom is here, they don't fast. So Christ, Christ came already, so don't fast. Alright? So we see some of these things. Okay, do we fast in New Testament? Okay, we see that. Now, so first of all, let's um, look at scriptures. So now, fasting is a frequent practice, both in the Old and the New Testament. Alright, so Jesselyn is correct. We see that in the New Testament also. So the fact that people continued to fast and they fasted um, regularly, it shows that there is some value in the practice because it's recorded for us in scriptures also. Now, there's one thing that you have to be very aware of. One of you said, I fast so that I can pray. Hmm? Now, in scriptures, very often you will see fasting and prayer together. On very few occasions, you will just say fast. But fasting is always, very frequently rather, associated with prayer. Fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. Even when the Lord talks about it, by fasting and prayer. It's not just fasting alone. Okay? Except for the case of Esther. Esther is one situation where they just talk about fasting. But they don't seem to indicate anything about prayer, turning to God. So one thing that we have to um, be aware of is fasting is especially an exercise to enable us to, to pray. It's in association with prayer. In other words, there is not much point just fasting. Because some people think that by fasting, we are torturing ourselves. Okay, so like maybe Veronica wanted a Christmas present. Okay? Then Daddy Mommy said no. Then Veronica say, then I'm not going to eat or drink. Hmm? Because some Christians think like that, you know. They think, alright, God, I want something. I want something very badly. So God, I'm not going to eat or drink. I will torture myself. In fact, God, if, if I suffer, it shows how much uh, sincerity I am by suffering hunger and thirst. So God, please answer. You know what is that called? Blackmail. Uh, that's called what? Huh? Protest. Starvation, right? What, what do you call that? Hunger strike. Alright, fasting is not hunger strike with God. God, I won't eat or drink until you answer my prayer. That's called hunger strike. So sometimes unconsciously we can have that concept. Okay? So in scriptures, you often see that fasting is associated with prayer. It's not a hunger strike with God. It is a seeking, putting aside the most normal, the most daily, um, the, the daily requirements, even the most re necessary things for our sustenance of our physical body. Lord, these things, I, I, I need to seek you so badly that these things I, I want to put aside. Okay? Have you experienced that? Have you experienced that? So what Brother John says is very true. Huh, parents, sometimes your child is very sick, very, very ill, or there's a family crisis, it's very severe. You feel like eating? You put the best you put the best lobster in front of the parent, and whatever it is, the parent look at it, I don't feel like eating, right? Everything you eat has no taste. Young people experience that? No. <laughs> right? Because you've never experienced great distress where food has no attraction to you. Where your heart is just totally taken up to seek God for help. Hmm? Okay, so some of these things. So, yeah, just to answer a few of the things that you gave. Now, let's, let's turn to scriptures. Okay, now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. We know in the Old Testament, definitely was fasting. What about the New Testament? What did Christ say? Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. Okay, shall we read um, together? And Jesus said unto them, 
can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and they shall fast. Right? So, is there fasting in the New Testament? There is. Jocelyn is right. Christ himself said, after he leave, his children, his, his disciples will fast. Okay, so it is a practice that the Lord himself says that his children will practice. Okay, so that is in the New Testament. Now, the next is, um, so we have other verses um, similar to that in the other gospel. Um, now, did the apostles fast? So Christ said that, but the question is, did the New Testament believers in the apostles' time, did they fast? Turn to, um, hang on, where's this? I just read it. Okay, turn to Acts chapter 13, verse 2. So we want to be very, very sure that the people practice fasting. Acts chapter 13. Okay, let's read together. Verse 2. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. So this is a time when they were, when the church was sending out um, the workers and they were very, very careful. They, they needed God to really guide them. Okay, it was a very serious work. So one situation where we saw definitely the apostles fasted. They did so. Okay, they did so. Now, um, so it tells us one reason to fast. Not simply because Christ is not around, therefore we fast. But because one, one reason we see is when, when the church, when the, when, or as an individual family, or as an individual, there is something that is very critical in terms of decision making. That's one occasion. Because the question is, when is it beneficial? What circumstances? So one circumstance you learn is when you have a crucial decision making. Maybe when you are going to move to university, what course to take? You should fast. Very serious decision. Okay? Um, so some of these um, situations, we see they fast. Church has a problem. All right? The church, they need to send out people. Who? Which one? They fasted and asked God to help, to guide. All right? So as a church, they fast also. So some churches, they actually call for fasting and prayer day. When there's a situation, they call for fasting and prayer. I remember as a student in FEBC, when the lawsuit was at its peak, when we re, re, um, when we um, re, what you call that, we um, appealed to the High Court. Okay, that was a very crucial time. What will the top three judges in Singapore say to the case? Will they overturn it? So, um, one pastor was studying there with me. He actually approached me, I was the chaplain. He said, we should call for fasting and prayer as a Bible college. It's biblical. It's biblical. So as a student body, we had a fasting, a fasting and prayer day. You know? So these are situations. So what situation? Critical decision, critical junctures in life, critical, like you say, in great distress. There's a time to practice fasting. Okay? So that's another one. Now, next one. Um, can you think, did Jesus fast? Ah, that's the question. Hannah, do you think Jesus fasted? When? Very good. Jesus fasted. For how long? 40 days, 40 nights. Jennifer, Veronica, can you fast for 40 days, 40 nights? <laughs> what about four hours? <laughs> Not during Christmas. <laughs> Alright, so Christ himself fasted. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 4. Very good. Matthew chapter 4. So the Lord himself fasted. Matthew chapter 4. Verses 1 to 2, right? Let's read together. Then was Jesus led up to the Spirit in the, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he thereafter and hungered. You notice that? You notice that? 
Christ's temptation was a very, very um, serious situation. Why was it so serious? Emily, Christ was going to be tempted by Satan, right? During that period, is it critical? Very critical. So Christ himself fasted, not four days, 40 days, 40 nights. Very serious. Now, why do you think it was so serious, the temptation of Christ? Because if Christ sinned, what happens? We can't be saved. Very good. There was a very serious situation. Christ, even God himself on earth, in human form, he knew that he was going, through a ve- going to go through a very, very serious um, situation. He knew that if he fell into temptation, then, like Emily rightly pointed out, we all can't be saved. Because the moment he sinned, he's no more the spotless Lamb of God. He no more obeyed perfectly on our behalf. You know why Christ must live perfectly, right? For two reasons. One, to be spotless lamb, sinless. Number two, to fulfill on our behalf. So if Christ didn't fulfill anything, then no hope, all right? So when Christ knew that, he himself fasted and prayed. Okay, so the Lord himself did that. How much more us? So parents actually, it's good to learn that. Yeah, young people also. Crucial situation, don't, Lord, help me not to fall into sin. Fast and pray. Okay, now next. Um, okay, next situation. I'm going to ask you one question. When the Lord was very hungry, okay, very, very hungry. Now, if you fast for 40 days, 40 nights, and after the temptation, you are very hungry. Because you look at chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, right? He was afterward and hungered, right? So now this is the critical point. Then the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. What did Christ say? What did Christ, what was Christ's answer? Christ said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Alright. Ichung, you are in great distress. Life is very tough. Okay? After 40 days of not eating and you're hungry, if you don't eat, you're going to die. Okay? You're going to die. No. So, and then the devil comes and tempts you. Why don't you say, God, you understand, right? This is very, very crucial. You understand I've been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. You can understand if I just turn the bread, the stones into bread and I just eat a bit. After all, I need energy to fight with the devil. Would it be wrong to say that? Why? Okay, that's the main reason. It is not about eating or don't, don't eat. Is eating wrong? Eating is not wrong. Right? But he was, the devil was tempting him to sin. It was a temptation to sin. To listen to the devil rather than to God. Okay? That's why he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. He knew this was a temptation against to disobey God and to obey, the, obey Satan himself. Now, uh, my point is this. So learn this very, very well, young people. Is there any situation in life where it looks like life and death to you, even for parents? Life and death for you, life and death for your family, life and death for your child. Is there any situation where you can say, God, you can understand. Maybe, okay, there's a temptation. Life and death. Shen uh, Ray. You must pass this, otherwise you can't get into university. To, to young people, that might be the world, right? I'm not going to have a job, I'm going to throw rubbish on the street. And then, you say, but for once, I just copy once so that I can pass. So that after I pass, I can earn money, I can give to church. Because I could have a proper job. Does it justify you to sin? Never. What happened that is... Your family has no food. 
parents, then Satan comes with a temptation. Work in a bar and serve liquor. See, but my family is going to die if I don't feed them. Is there any excuse to then sin? Still no. All right, Christ proved that. Even whatever situation to disobey God and obey the devil is always never wrong. And never right. Never right. But some people say, I heard one person say to a minister, I have no choice, you know, I have no choice. The minister, before he even finished the statement, the minister said this, a Christian always have a choice not to sin. The Christian always have a choice. The problem is we are not willing to live out of the consequences of that choice. That's all. We always have a choice. We just don't want the consequences. Understand that? So always remember that, all right? Young and old. All right, always never right. So that's a, a quick digression. Every time I look at this passage, it just makes me think of that. We can have a lot of excuses. God, you understand. I've been fasting 40 days, 40 nights. Okay, now next, next thing. Um, okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Now, this is fasting. Let's read together. 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Defraud ye not one the other, except to be consent for a time, that may give yourself to in prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Or this is even talking about husband and wife relationship. Or even for husband and wife, you say you, you, at, there is a time where there is a crisis, there is a great situation, yourself or in a family, where you even put aside your um, physical relationship, intimacy. All right, The physical intimacy, we are talking about um, going to bed together, not sleeping together, right? going to bed, um, the physical intimacy of sexual, um, sexual intimacy. You say even for husband and wife, there will be a time where you even put that aside for fasting and prayer. But you can't put it out forever, you know, unless you be tempted to sin, commit adultery. So even in the family, Paul, to the later church, says fasting and prayer, even between husband and wives. Um, is, is, that, is, that, is that useful? Okay, so he even gives that instruction. All right, so various, various situations. Um, okay, another biblical reason. So, so it is in a spiritual warfare, in a, in a great distress, a great need. Okay, what other situation where there is an ex fasting is also an expression of repentance. Okay, fasting is also an expression of repentance um, during the Nineveh period. Jonah chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. So in what situations, right, we ask? Jonah chapter 3. Verse 7. What situations? Okay, let's read together. Jonah 3. Um, verses 5 to 7. Let's read together. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed the fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. Okay, so it was that serious. When the nation came to repentance or desiring repentance. So sometimes if you fall into sin and you keep sinning and you really want to repent and you want to turn back to God and you want to ask God to help you, 
Your sincerity. So that's one situation. So because the person asked what situation. So I tried to pull out situations. A situation where repentance can be church, can be nation even, can be family. So are you all going to call for family prayer, uh, fasting? <laughs> I've known of um, families that do that. Okay, they are praying something very much for the church. Um, and and uh, I, I didn't know because I offered some food to the pastor. And the pastor said, oh no, it's alright. Then I went to the wife. The wife also said no. Then I went to the children. All three children said no. Right. Whole family doesn't want to eat. Then I realized that they were fasting, praying for the church regarding something. Of course, they said, we are fasting as a family. No, not that. But they were fasting for something. So there was a family. It's like the nation, they call that as a family. You call that too. Okay, so maybe, you're, maybe as a family, you're struggling with some sin, some, some distress. You call for fasting and prayer. Family sincerely seeking God, laying aside all these things and seek God together as a family. All right? So there was another circumstance where there was fasting in the church, uh, in, the, in the Bible. And then, um, okay, so we read about missionaries. So fasting and prayer, uh, the appointment and ordaining of missionaries. We read that just now, when they were ordaining um, the minister to send them out, they fasted. Okay, they fasted. So I actually want to go back and ask the ministers that ordained me, when I did you fast? <laughs> Alright, so before they ordained them and sent them out, they fasted. Okay, because it's very serious. Do you understand why it's so serious? What's so serious about ordaining? Come, alright, do all your papers. Okay, pass, put my hand on you, go. What's the big deal? Why is ordaining of the ministers so crucial that the church fasted? Those that were laying hands, they fasted. Why do you think it's so crucial, Ray? Why do you think it's so crucial? When you ordain someone, you are they then have like to conduct holy communion. They then can do stuff like that, and like if the holy communion isn't conducted properly, then there are dire consequences. Okay, so Ray thinks because the minister is going to co conduct holy communion, so if. So it's very serious to ordain a minister if you do, do not conduct the Holy Communion properly, there's dire consequences. Yes, that can be one. But, yeah? Uh, bad shepherd, bad sheep. Bad shepherd, bad sheep. Yep, that's one of the main reasons. When, when ministers ordain someone, it's very serious. They know how serious it is their hand. They are going to lay their hands on someone. When they lay their hands on you, it means they identify with you. And number one, means we, we support this person, we believe that doctrinally he's sound and therefore he's safe to release out there, to teach God's word. Now, if they do that and they this person is not biblically sound, he's going to teach rubbish up there, he's going to kill the flock, means he feed the flock poison. They're going to die eventually. So when someone ordains someone, he understands the great role that he is sanctioning and approving this person to eventually perform. It could be Holy Communion, Bad Shepherd, means I lead you to wrong places. I lead you to enemy's ground. I lead you to wolves. Understand? So it's a very serious thing for them. They won't do it unless they are 110% sure. You know, Reverend Kwek always say, right? In the past, he didn't take it very seriously. He ordained someone and then he saw this person destroy churches. And after that, he always say, he look at his hand and he say, I, will, I want to cut this hand off. If he didn't partake in it, this guy would not have become a pastor because ordained become pastor, right? If he would not have become pastor, he would not have destroyed so many lives, he would not have destroyed churches. So he say, after that, he say, you can cut off my arm, I will never ordain someone who I'm not 110% sure that this person is going to be a good shepherd. Alright, because they are responsible. That's why Paul say, told Timothy, do not lay hands on men suddenly. You know what? Do not lay hands on men suddenly. Don't beat them up suddenly. No. Not don't beat them up for no reason. They say don't don't ordain people unless you are very, very sure. Okay? So it's very serious. That's why in the ordination, just now we read, before they ordained and sent out Barnabas and Saul, they fasted. Very serious situation. Okay?
So that's why it's so serious. Now, so there's another, another situation in the Bible where we pray. So very serious situation, better fast and pray. Um, next situation is when you want God's help. There's a difference between you want God's help and you arm twist God. All right? So now we turn to um, Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. So these are many, many situations. If you face, yes, then call for fasting and prayer. Joshua chapter 7. Okay. Verses 4 to 6. Okay. Okay, Joshua called for fasting and prayer because 3,000 men of Israel were defeated and chased back. Let me see. Uh, Joshua 7, 4 to 6. Okay, this is one of those where it's not specifically mentioned, but it is inferred that they did um, fast and pray. All right, Joshua 7, 4 to 6. So let me read to you. So, there, so these 3,000 men, they lost the battle. So there went up thither of the people, about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. So they were losing the battle. They were fearful. And then the men of Ai smote of them 30 and 6 men, for they chased them from before the gate even unto Shibarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell upon the earth his face before the Ark of the Lord until eventide, and the elders of Israel put dust upon the head. Okay, um, I'm not exactly sure why I chose this, but I believe it is. It has to do with they themselves did call for a time of seeking the Lord, and they did not eat from morning to night. The inference is they simply was there morning to night. They did not leave the place of prayer. Means it would mean that they did not eat, right? So I say you, or if I say Emily, you got up in the morning and you were praying to God until evening means you didn't eat right right so they in a very in a situation where they needed God's help they actually spent the whole day fasting but this fasting is what did they just fast all right let's fast okay then we continue go and do the farm work and then we continue to wash clothes and then we continue to do all these things no they all stop everything and just pray to God Okay, it's not go and do all things. So I have this question. So does it mean when I fast, I should not go to work? Boss, I want to fast today. I apply leave. Because I'm not supposed to do anything. I just stay at home and fast. It doesn't necessarily mean that. If you want to, that's, that's fine. Okay, but remember, um, later we'll see, when the, when the people fasted, they were going about their normal jobs. What is the attitude of fasting okay what's the attitude of fasting our attitude is one that we do not show off to people that we are fasting right um, turn to Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 to 18 Matthew 6 verses 16 to 18 okay Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 to 18 Let's read together. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and the Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. Alright, from this passage, we understand that people who are fasting can be also going about their normal day's life. Understand? That's why I say, you go about your normal day's life, not with a long face, not with like, I'm fasting, you know, I'm going to faint, but I'm so holy, that's why I'm fasting. Not that kind of attitude. Say, don't let people know that you're fasting. That's why when I approached this family, I offered them the food, they, they did not. Oh, I'm very hungry, you know. I really want to eat that cake you're offering me, but I cannot because I'm fasting. Right? Not that kind of thing. They simply acted normal. In fact, it was at a funeral. In fact, it was my father's funeral. <laughs> Alright? So, um, they acted, they went about what is necessary normally. 
So when you fast, you can go to work. In fact, why do you fast when you go to work? Because you have to go to work. There's no other way. So you fast so that, Lord, at lunchtime, I'm not going to eat. When I woke up in the morning, Lord, there's not much time for me to seek you on this very urgent situation. In my personal life, of my sin, or in a family, or whatever. Lord, there's no time. So Lord, I'm very serious. I really need your help. So when I wake up, God, I have no appetite. I just pray. Lunchtime, I have to work. That day I have to work. Lunchtime, Lord, I'm not going to eat. I want to spend that time crying to you for help. Alright, so that's why you fast at work. Because you have no time. No point eh, if, you, if you fast at, at fast at work. Okay, I'm fasting. Ser- serious situation, I'm fasting. Then you go to work. Then colleagues say, let's go for lunch. Okay, we go for lunch. You go there, hee hee ha, talk to them. They ask you to eat. No, no, I don't want to eat today. Don't want to eat. Then they keep asking why. No, 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 no I don't want to eat. Then whole time you hi hee hee ha ha. Any point or not? No. Like we say, fasting so that you can use that time to seek God. It's not fast for fun, you know. It's not fast to, okay, I punish myself, then God will hear me. No, that is the, the people who think that punishing the body, God will hear them. No. Alright? In fact, very often, when you are really in that crisis, you have no mood to eat. You just want to, every single moment, you just want to cry to the Lord. Okay, so, so that's the situation. But since we are here, then therefore, we must understand the attitude of fasting. It is not to show off to men. Don't tell people you fast. How many of you fast? Yeah, you know the trick, right? Because you're not supposed to tell men. <laughs> right? You're not supposed to tell men. So you fast, you fast. Okay? Your, your practice, your personal practice. But the Pharisees, they like to show off how holy they are. How many times they fast a week. God says, they have their reward. I don't see that. Okay, so it's a very private or family matter. Okay? So, um, so in that situation, prayer, fasting is always to make time to pray. If you fast and then you go play games, you go do all those things, it's pointless. It's pointless. That's just torturing yourself for nothing. Okay, so um, I think that's it. Alright, so what are the situations we fast? I've enumerated many. In distress, in sin, repentance, needing repentance, in um, a national crisis. In our case, it could be church, it could be family. Okay, in those crises. Um, and what's the, what, what is the purpose? So that we can seek the Lord, not simply to torture ourselves. Okay, so let's not hunger strike. So always do it for the right reason. And the attitude is private. No man should know. Of course, sometimes no choice. Lah, right? John wants to fast tomorrow. Then he needs to tell his wife, right? Tomorrow don't make breakfast for me. No need to make lunch for me to work. He has to tell the wife, right? Maybe you don't have to. Bring lunch to work and then throw away. <laughs> I don't know. All right? So sometimes you may need to tell someone you don't have a choice. You may need to tell someone. Okay? So like family, even though call for fast, you need to tell a family. Right? So family, we are fasting um, today. Now question fast for how long? Standard is how long? 40 days, 40 nights. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, follow Moses and the Lord's example. So that's the standard, <laughs> minimum. Now, there is no clear um, guidelines, okay? But typically people from rising, they may not take breakfast, may not take lunch, and then when the sun goes down, then, then they take. Okay, then there's various forms of fasting. Some completely don't drink water, some drink water. <laughs> okay, so the main thing is the practice of Seeking the Lord, if your whole heart desiring some help from Him for sin, for crisis, whatever. Okay? So understand that. Okay? So now, so don't, don't be like that. Nah. You fast at the end of the day, oh, sunset, sunset, sunset. Sunset already! Then it's like, wow, eat like a pig like that. It's like, oh. Okay? It's like, I think God will look down, it's like, oh, what's this guy? Alright? So quietly, thankfully. Okay? So Jason is from scriptures doesn't seem to show anything that is about showing our in order to build um, gratefulness. There didn't seem to be that situation. Most of them they had food to eat, right? Yeah, not, also not for the poor or, or that kind of thing. 
All right, so good. Um, okay, all right, so remember fasting, yes. Then, um, is it, um, because of the attitude, hmm. then um, is it okay to ask others to fast? Yes, because when they call for national fasting, they ask people to fast. Esther called us Mordecai, call for fasting for me. Hmm? So that in scriptures, people do ask others to fast. Yeah. yeah, like Bible College, we told the student body, we are going to fast and seek the Lord together. Okay, okay so that's fasting, alright? Any other question about fasting now? Don't fast for the wrong reason. Yes, Uncle Bernie. Uncle Bernie, first, yes. Uh, from my observation in Malaysia, mm. the Malays, or uh, Muslims, mm. did fast regularly during the fast month. Yes, correct. Ramadan. Is Ramadan? That a matter of discipline? Um, okay, so, yes, good question. So the Muslims, they practice fasting at a certain time of the year, which is called the month of Ramadan. Ramadan, alright? So they'll practice it, and then for a period, um, regularly, and they do it for a different reason, alright? They discipline themselves to do it for re different reasons. Um, don't quote me on this, but as far as I understand from my Muslim friends, um, the reason is when they fast, they're hungry, then they think of the poor. When they're always full, they don't think of the poor. So the hunger is to remind them that they are poor people and they therefore need to be kind and helpful to poor people. Their hunger reminds them of that. Alright? Yeah. So it's not for the reasons that are stated in the Bible. They, for their religion, they practice it for that reason. Yes. For the believer, it's always to seek the Lord's face. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So to them, it's not so much to seek their God, it's more... It's more Say again, oh, some people fast to detox the body. Or to detox the body. Really, that's one of the reasons. Oh, health reasons. So there you have it. So, for different reasons from the Christians. Answer your question, Uncle Bernie? Does it answer your question? Thanks. Yes, alright. Um, when Jesus was at the Samaritan village and then he was really hungry, mm. and then the disciples offered him food. Yep. And then he said, oh, right, Food to eat that, that you know not of. Okay, they reached the city, they were hungry. So the disciples decided, we better go to the city and buy some food. So they went out to buy some food. Then they came back. At that time, the Lord had just spoken to the Samaritan woman, remember? Now, the Jews will never speak to the Samaritans. Okay, and then the disciples came back and observed, the Lord is speaking to Samaritans. So they were very curious, what was he talking about? Then, he, then, they, asked, then they asked him to eat. All right? And the Lord said that. I have meat that you know not of. Okay, then say then someone then the disciples look at each other. So Ray E looked at Shenrei. Shenrei, do you buy something for the Lord? You know, so they asked each other, did someone buy something for him and then never tell us? We went all the way to the city, you know, and came back for food. Food before him. Did someone buy something for him? Now they did not understand. The Lord said, I have meat that you do not know of. The Lord is saying this. No, so number the Lord is saying this first. The Lord is saying that. They say, my meat is to do the will of God. Now, it's God's will for Christ to be on earth to reach out to the Samaritans, the Gentiles, the Samaritans. Because the Jews always consider Samaritans outcasts, not worthy of salvation. But Christ said, my duty is to come to also preach to the Samaritans, to get them saved as well. That is my, God's will. Alright? So he say. I'm so intent on doing God's will, even to save the Samaritans, that I willingly, my driving force in my life is not to eat food. My driving force in life is to do the Father's will. That's why after I said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. Alright, so, so whether he was fasting at the time, we do not know, but it seems more like they were on a long journey, they didn't have time to eat. Okay, today you go for evangelism in the afternoon. Okay, 
Then at 4 o'clock, you're very hungry. 5 o'clock, very hungry. Still at Barrington. Very, very hungry. Okay? Then someone brings you food. Say, eat. And then <gasps> Or, I'm, so, I, I'm hungry, but I'm so thankful I came to Barrington. You know? I'm so, although I'm hungry, but I'm so thankful I came to do God's will. I serve the Lord. Right? Christ is not saying he won't eat, but he's saying that let doing God's will be more important than food. That's what he's saying. Okay? So, um, that is why Singaporeans must learn from that phrase. Singaporeans what? We live to eat. <laughs> Alright? There's a difference between we eat, we live to eat versus we eat to live. Singaporeans live to eat. Alright? The Lord is basically telling that don't live to eat. Live to do God's will. Okay, that's why I don't go and I must get this kind of job, I must have this kind of life. Ah, then you're living to eat, to enjoy this life. But God says, just focus on obeying me and doing my will, doing my work. Live for that. You might be hungry because of that. Alright, answer your question? Okay, so that is about fasting. Okay, um, we had lunch, yes. Yes, very good example. Say again. Yes. Yes. Does it mean what? Oh, what does that mean? Okay, let's. Um, I should have that here. Okay, so you know the situation. The disciples tried to cast out demons and they could not do it, right? They could not do it. And then the disciples asked, now, why can't we do it? Huh? They, they don't have enough faith. Um, but the Lord's exact answer was this, do not come except by much fasting and Prayer, right? Lesson to words that passage again. Okay, seventeen. Okay, so now we have the situation where they could not um, cast out the demons, and the Lord Himself actually they asked the Lord, "Now, why can't we do this?" Actually, let me ask you then, why? Why do you think you can't do this? Okay, we, we read first, alright? Then we get it from the context. Okay, now verse 18 to 21. Let's read together. Rebuke the devil. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and say, why could not we cast? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, remove thence, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Okay, so now, so why do you think the Lord is saying, why fast and pray? Hmm. Anyone want to try? Yeah. Fasting to focus on the spiritual. Um, very close. Very close. The Lord did address their faith problem, right? The Lord addressed their faith problem. Now, and then He said, Nothing is impossible. Then he say, but for this kind of thing, it goes, it goes not out, but by prayer and fasting. What does prayer and fasting do? Or supposed to do? Focus on God, correct? It's supposed to focus on God. And it's supposed, we are supposed to focus on God to ask for help, correct? To ask for help, right? We talked about that. Now, this is a crisis. Someone is demon-possessed. 
So all those things are there. Crisis, something that is very frightening to do. You have no power to do it yourself. You need God to help. Isn't that all the best situation we talked about just now? All these are reasons why someone should fast and pray. Right or not? Now, so their fasting and prayer doesn't mean this, you know. I want to cast out demons. I shall fast and pray. Then through fasting and prayer, the hungrier you are, the devil is more afraid of you. <laughs> it's not that. Alright? That fasting itself does not a hung, does not make the devil frightened of you. Christ's point is, you all have been doing this, you all have not been asking God to help. You all have been doing it in your flesh. Understand? You all think that, oh, just because my, you're my disciples, you go out, you cast that demons, it will happen. Sometimes we are like that, right? I'm a Christian. I'm God's child. I just go and do things. Ah. Then nothing happened. When it's a crisis, Christ is saying you need to seek God and you need to depend on God. Your faith has been in the fact that you're my disciples, that's all. Your faith has been in your experience that you've, you can do it, that's all. They say no. Fasting and prayer is your, your, your acknowledgement to God, God, I need you to help me in this. Okay, understand that? So God say, the problem is your faith has been on something else. But you just, your faith must be placed in me, in God. And if you have that, you can do the impossible. And the problem is, you have not been doing that. So you want to have that, you need to turn back to me again in fasting and prayer and depending on my help. Okay? Understand not? Are you very hungry? No? Okay. Some of you look very tired. I ate lunch, but somehow I'm very tired. <laughs> okay, so now, so, so that is the, the, the point. Fasting and prayer is to say, you must turn to me, cry to me for help to do this. That's why you need to turn to fasting and prayer in this kind of very, very serious situation. Don't just go ahead and do it. You have a family crisis. Don't worry, we have faced this crisis before. We know how to handle this problem. And then you go ahead and do it. But when you say fast and pray, this is serious. Yes, we've done it before, we know, but we must not be presumptuous. Our faith must be in God. Let's turn to Him in fasting and prayer. Okay? Ken? Alright. So, any other questions? No. Alright, so we cover one topic. I wanted to cover this very thoroughly because it's a very misunderstood subject. Many Christians practice it for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way. Okay? Understand that. Not to torture yourself. Not the hungrier you are, the more God will hear you. This is um, asceticism. You know asceticism? You torture yourself so that you become more holy. Fasting doesn't make you more holy. Alright, so don't practice it wrongly. 